0: This is the world of Salesforce and Dropbox, HubSpot and Evernote, a world unthinkable without cloud software services. Most businesses and consumers use SaaS every day to get work done. Driven by the internet and ever-expanding availability of bandwidth, SaaS has come to dominate our lives in a very short span of time. But developing a defining service, often ahead of its time, getting users to engage, secure funding, protect IP, and building a truly remarkable and successful SaaS is not an easy task. SaaS Stories brings conversations with the dreamers and visionaries who dared to think ahead, how they built their SaaS, genesis, struggles, trials, tribulations, and eventually, success. Welcome to SaaS Stories. Thank you for your time and for joining us in this session. I have a favor to ask. While you continue to listen to the podcast, please leave a comment or rating at iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. I personally look at each comment and will give you a shout out to each of you in our following episodes. It means a lot to hear from you. Welcome to this episode of SaaS Stories. Startups are the engine for growth in most economies. We caught up with Robert Crocking, Managing Director of Microsoft for Startups in the Middle East and Africa region to discuss the startup landscape and the work he has been doing with startups at Microsoft and the new programs they're launching. Sometimes there is a little bit too
1: stress in trying to, hey, we want to build the next Silicon Valley or we want to build another Silicon Valley here, right? So I believe each, each ecosystem has their own assets or their own specific things that you can leverage, right? So I believe also this place, this region, as something unique as well, that can turn into the the real assets, right? Or the real strength of building an ecosystem around it. Think about the the current situation, like Governments that are willing to diversify economy from oil to knowledge base. This is kind of a unique uh, geopolitical setting where there might be a lot of opportunities coming out of that. Also, uh, the, the unique position here, right, so if you look at the world map, uh, Dubai specifically uh, and the UAE um, uh, have a central role in, in connecting uh, across different regions, right, so you have Africa immediately here across the Middle East, then you have Europe and Asia close by, India is two hours flight from from here, and then, of course, this bridge with the, with the US, this normalization happening now with the UAE and Israel, for example, as well. So there are opportunities. To you know, give hope to the next generations.
0: Roberto has over 20 years' experience working at companies like Microsoft and Google, and his passion lies in innovation, startups, and people. Relationship-driven, he has bridged the gap between corporates and startups across more than 20 countries, helping them develop real solutions that solve real-world problems. In his current role as the Managing Director of Microsoft for Startups, Roberto is building Microsoft's new division from scratch, including spearheading its expansion and innovation strategy with the vision to foster a collaborative startup ecosystem. Connecting the dots between startups, government agencies, and private sector organizations, Roberto helps organizations adopt the innovation mindset and leverage the technology and nimbleness that startups provide. His vision is to inspire 1 million students and entrepreneurs to build homegrown tech startups that evolve to become global unicorns. An in demand international speaker, Roberto enjoys reading hardcover books, hiking, running, and spending time with his family. He has summited K2, the second highest mountain in the world. Now, on to this exciting episode with Roberto Crocci. Roberto, uh, welcome to SAS Stories. I'm so happy to have you here, and I'm glad that I could chase you from Dubai and catch you in Italy.
1: Yeah, this is this is great. Actually, you chased me at the right time. So with a big <laughs> smile, because uh, the the final of the Euro Cup happened yesterday. Yes. So we we, we were able to 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 get it back yes. home. Uh,
0: yes. Yes. To, to Congratulations.
1: Home, uh, to, yeah, no, thank you. I mean it's it's just a uh, nice uh, leaving it uh, you know in your own country, right? So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. definitely definitely uh, look forward
0: to catch up and and have a good right. conversation. Absolutely. So so Roberto before we dive into the work uh, uh, and and the current program that we intend to talk about uh, that you have uh, with Microsoft startups uh, why don't you tell a bit about your background and the wonderful work you have been doing with startups over the last several years, including at Google and now at Microsoft. Uh, give us a sort of a glimpse of Roberto. Okay. No, look, uh, uh,
1: my, my, uh, my story uh, uh, you know, starts uh, uh, probably uh, with the university. I, 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 uh, I, I, st- I have an engineering background, uh, so always being passionate about tech um and opportunity, I an opportunity the opportunity when uh, when i was at university to take the this Erasmus exchange program which is uh, which is an, a european program to to study abroad so uh, I, I went to study uh, my last year at university and then the final thesis in, in, in Spain, which is similar to Italy, but different as well, different way of looking at things, doing things, and then a lot of international friends uh, that you gain for life. So it was, um, was something I evaluated very, very well. Then I jumped into consulting in my first jobs. And, and I decided at some point to live this stressful uh, consulting life for an even more stressful life, joining a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was still the early 2000s, so it was um, one of the few startups uh, that, that were able to, to survive this, this uh, sort of the, the internet bubble of the early 2000s. It was an e-commerce uh, multi-channel <clears throat> business model uh, focused on the design and the furniture industry. Mm. So was it was it was it two years and a half of of great learnings, right? So when you work in the founding team of of a small uh, startup that is growing and uh, you 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 end up doing a bit of everything, so I, I had the chance to 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 see launching an e-commerce, launching retail stores in Milan, London, and Paris, uh, and managing all the aspects of of, of this new company. And then uh, I had an opportunity to join Google. Um, and, and I joined Google in a way that Google acquired a company called DoubleClick. Mm. DoubleClick uh, in 2008, so I joined in 2009. So uh, early on, right? So we were a small team uh, across across Europe for sure. Um, so I was in in charge of developing the business across Southern Europe, Eastern Europe, okay. Middle Eastern and Africa. Uh, and it was like working within a startup within Google, which at the time was still uh, not as huge as the company we we know today, right? So we were. Yeah. Most likely around 11,000 people back right. in those days, uh, and growing very fast. So, but it was like it was a new division, a new product, a new new sort of uh, business within Google. So that was really exciting, um, and 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 uh, you know it was great to see that hyper growth so making it uh, growing across different countries. And then I end up end end up in the, in Dubai uh, when when we set up local teams. Then in the other countries. Uh, across Southern Europe and Eastern Europe, and then the focus became more emerging markets. So I decided right. to move to Dubai to manage uh, also the same thing across emerging markets from Russia to South Africa, uh, including Turkey, Israel, the Middle East, and the, the rest of the African continent. So it's been an amazing uh, learning experience to understand, uh, you know, advertisers to understand publishers, understand media agencies, independent agencies, how to monetize data. So working also with nascent uh, businesses and startups as well, that we're right. looking to disrupt some experiences to how to leverage data, to reinvent new business models and monetize <clears throat> the data, right, around uh, around users in, in, in a good way. So a lot of learnings there, uh, really loved experience. and. Um, And when the opportunity came I mean Microsoft was looking for someone to to start some uh, startup division from scratch in Middle Eastern Africa and I had an opportunity to move with Google in the US but at that time also from a personal perspective um, I really wanted to to still uh, you know be in Dubai with my family Mm. so I jumped on this new role with great excitement and also because there was no one covering it before so it was kind of a green field to, to shape it right to to right. to to build it from scratch um, uh, define a little bit the strategy the building the team uh, deciding the go-to market deciding the partnerships and you know whenever you build something like that it doesn't happen often to do uh, to take on similar roles in big corporations right? It's most right. of the times you end up in the routine, in the in the consolidated or core business. And, um, but, but, uh, probably this is a little bit, uh, common things also between Google and Microsoft. So I started as well in Google in a sort of a startup within Google. So, uh, building something new from scratch within this organization is, is more exciting in my point of view.
0: Right. What are the areas of opportunity do you see here in terms of when you're looking at startups? what is the mix that you are looking at when you are looking at this when you project your thought that this is where i see this going what do you see yeah, look, uh, I see, uh, first of all, I uh, I see that
1: um, uh, sometimes there is a little bit too stress in trying to, hey, we want to build the next Silicon Valley or we right. want to build another Silicon Valley right. here, right? So I believe uh, each, each ecosystem has their own assets or their own specific things that you can leverage, right? So um, I wouldn't be much stressed about uh, being another Silicon Valley, of course. Um, there are definitely beautiful learnings that everybody can get out of places like the Silicon Valley, don't don't get me wrong. But I, I believe also this place, this region, as something unique as well that can turn into the the real assets, right, or the real strength of building an ecosystem around it. And there are many things around, for example, think about, we mentioned before, things like the drivers in the economy and also the demographics, but think about the the current situation, like governments that are willing to diversify economy from oil to knowledge base. Mm. This is kind of a unique uh, geopolitical setting where there might sure. be a lot of opportunities coming out of that. Also, uh, the, the unique position here, right? So, if you look at the world map, uh, Dubai specifically uh, and the UAE um, uh, have a central role in in connecting. Uh, across different regions, right? So you have yeah. Africa immediately here, across the Middle East. Then you have Europe and Asia close by. India is two hours flight from from here, and then of course this bridge with the with the US. This normalization happening now with the UAE and Israel, for example, as well. Yeah. So there are opportunities to to, to leverage on this um, mandate to diversify economy, on this long term vision from government here to build. A society and wealth uh, across across the region, uh, and and there are these unique assets that uh, uh, can can uh, you know give hope uh, uh, to the, to the rest of the of to the next generations. So this is this is one thing. And then of course there are also industries where uh, you know as we have seen uh, for a long time in Africa, you know the whole thing with uh, mobile, for example, penetration and how certain technologies have been leapfrogged, right? Because, Absolutely. Uh, think about. Yeah, micro payments in mm-hmm. in Africa because of the necessity that you have yeah. in some of, of these countries, right? So, yeah. so these are also uh, some some trends that are really nice nice to de- uh, dive in to explore, and and then there are there are industries uh, where um, uh, probably uh, uh, can be turned into the the, the real areas where. Um, and this region can can build an edge on, right? So mm. if you think about, take the UAE for example, 90% of the food in the UAE is currently imported. Right. So what about uh, what about uh, what can be done in terms of sustainability? What can be done in terms of food security and food tech? In terms of uh, supply chain management as well, which mm. is embedded as well into, into the food industry, for example. Mm. So uh, or, or think about all, all the uh, management of freight and logistics and, and goods uh, Dubai, for example, being a terminal uh, mm. with the port or the airport, with with uh, uh, you know managing a, a huge percentage of global transactions, right? So yeah. there is so much material, so much goods inventory that is stocked into 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 warehouses. But what about the future uh, of three D printing, for example, and enabling? Uh, uh, something different uh, to be printed just in case, uh, instead of just on time, right? So these these new concepts, these new models, being uh, being, for example, the a big logistic hub globally, uh, are are things where there might be definitely uh, more innovation happening, um, as well as, uh, for example, we see we see a, a huge focus also on healthcare and and also so it's associated to healthcare life sciences biotech and and well-being as well mindfulness and so on and so forth all of that in the same area where uh, you know leveraging technology in a way where we can uh, uh, increase the quality of life of, of people. This is something, for example, that is very high on the agenda of government here and that, that could lead to more innovation in this space. Um, and and uh, all of this together with, with the, the uh, advancement in policies and regulations, right? So we know that there are still some barriers because at the end of the day, this ecosystem started building entrepreneurs and printing entrepreneurs, I mean, later than other ecosystems. So the necessity it, it takes time, right? But but at the at the, at the same time, uh, the the advancement in regulations and policies, and the speed with which government here can can make those things happen, is quite impressive. Yeah. it's quite impressive because the mandate is clear uh, there are entities or regulatory entities uh, policymakers like think about in the UAE the, the DAFC, ADGM and not only to talk about the FSI uh, financial services industries mm. but there is a lot of things going on there to allow for more innovation for more development for more connectedness locally but also globally uh, and and there is a real uh, uh, willingness to stay ahead of the curve right so um to 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 become really a hub for for innovation to attract talent even if uh, the conversation should also be retain talent
0: right. but
1: but all of these elements all of these ingredients are there so you see that the maturity is rapidly growing in the ecosystem uh, we start seeing uh, more exits happening. Of course, the numbers are still dwarfed by the more mature ecosystem, mm-hmm. but the signals of a uh, live ecosystem starts being there, and this is this is exciting because, as you said before, historically this ecosystem has been uh, 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 or this region has been naturally geared towards more consumer. Facing consumer-based right. businesses, right? right. But uh, with the with the digitization of corporates, mm. with more innovation happening, with more policies being uh, rolled out, we see a trend where corporates are also willing to to be part of this conversation, and mm. this leads more B two B startups as well to be to be developed. And 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 when it comes to sas of course uh, sas is a model where um, we see that uh, even if we are still nascent as an ecosystem we see that there is potential there for uh, the next wave of entrepreneurs and generations of founders here to build new models that can take the benefits of uh, subscriptions or software as a service and tap into corporates that will have by the time built the digital infrastructure that they need also to to make this happen right so in this, in this uh, we, we, we are very excited to, to the opportunities ahead. And the fact that Microsoft, for example, invested into local data centers here in the UAE, for example, right. and there will be more in, in other regions and also the other tech players, of course, mm. investing more heavily in the region is just a good sign mm. because with this increased uh, computing capacity, with this increased ability to build on the cloud at reduced costs across the region with security, reliability, uh, privacy, uh, and so on, Of course uh, this will also be an enabling factor to have more of these uh, tech startups uh, flourishing and thriving across across the region.
0: So let's get into the nitty-gritty of the program. I mean are you going to run it as an incubator where startups from all over these countries in this region so Africa and Middle East and so on they all come to Dubai and they spend like several months there in your incubator or is it something It will be sort of like a virtual incubator where you will go and sort of support them wherever they are. What, what, What are your plans today? Absolutely. This is a great question. Look, the way we, we look at it is um,
1: for sure there is a premium and there is still a real value in human connection, I mean physical connections, right? So, right. But at the end of the day, we also manage a very wide region. If you think about from Turkey, Pakistan to Levant and uh, Jordan, Lebanon, and then the whole GCC area and then Africa, it's a, it's a wide region. So we believe that we can maximize our impact if these initiatives we run in a hybrid model where uh, the core components or the wider availability of content will be online and the, the, the experience is also be also built online uh, not discarding the fact that of course we are thinking about situations where of course we want to to, to take people together as much as, as possible and as much as allowed of course by by the current uh, situation. Hmm. So uh, the way we we, we are launching uh, we launched our initiatives here in the region uh, is being uh, trying to be very much inclusive hmm. of uh, the whole region, and allowing access to these opportunities to funders that maybe historically they had more issues in access because they were maybe working from tier two, tier three cities, say, yeah. where uh, it's it's always been more a barrier, right, for for people to get to the mainstream where VCs, the real capital is, and sometimes is is just more difficult. So being virtual, we have this unique benefit where we can democratize, if you want, this innovation, this uh, access to markets, access to technology. Uh, and and we can by doing that we can maximize the impact. So uh, the programs that we we announced recently. So we just completed the highway to 100 unicorns, mm-hmm. um, and we we are in the middle now of selecting. Uh, the startups that will join GrowthX Accelerator. Uh, we can dig dive into, into the, the, the nitty-gritty and the details of these programs uh, to, to share more with the audience what these programs are about and what is the, maybe before that, what is the vision for Microsoft for startups in the region.
0: It's time for a short break. Roberto was outlining his new programs and how he wants to impact the startup ecosystem. I requested Roberto to outline the vision behind these programs and then elaborate on how each work. Stay with us. You are listening to a business podcast network original. Podcasting is the fastest growing content marketing opportunity, which is untapped. We can help you craft your audio strategy and help leverage the wide reach and easy streaming capability that the smartphone penetration provides. It is easy. It is powerful and personal. Talk to us to find out how podcasting can help you build your brand and reach out to your targets like never before. Write to us at bpn at bizcast.in. That is bpn at bizcast.in. Business Podcast Network. Podcasts end to end. Welcome back. I'm Shubhanjan Sarkar, your host for SaaS Stories and founder of Pitchling, the buyer seller engagement platform right before the break i asked roberto to outline the vision behind the programs to develop the startup ecosystem and then elaborate on how each work listen in let's start with the vision and then let's uh, let's talk about the integrity of the program and finally i would also like to know what what are you what are you aiming for how many companies are you trying to impact what kind of vc ecosystem do you see which can plug into this because finally after they come out of the incubator they need to be funded and they need to go to the next uh, stretch right so if the uh, so so yes. basically you can let's start with the vision and then let's move with the yep. program yeah
1: yeah absolutely well uh, <clears throat> our vision and our mission uh, uh, consequently uh, uh, we rooted uh, those into microsoft uh, uh, mission right which is Microsoft's mission is to empower every single person and organization in the world to achieve more. So we made that ours in a way that we want to empower every single founder and startup in our region uh, to achieve more uh, okay. this is the this is the big uh, uh, okay. vision of course right but of course we need to start uh, we need to start small and uh, expand right so because we want to do things that are executable mm-hmm. but also that we can have a model that can prove the value so that then we can scale as you as, as, as if you were a founder of a startup you don't start scaling from day one. First, you yeah. want to achieve product market fit once you understand there is an addressable market and it's the right time to scale, then you you go for for scaling growth. Right. It's the same it's the same approach because at the end of the day we are a startup here in in, in within Microsoft Middle East and Africa. So the vision is is definitely. Uh, if you want, going beyond uh, uh, credits, for example, historically as a tech vendor, uh, startups turn to, to these players, including Microsoft, uh, to, to get access to technologies like cloud, give me some credits, I can build my product, I can subsidize it and I reduce my cost. Fair enough. I, we believe this is still important. But we want to move the conversation towards value. So what is that we can provide as value to startups to allow them to grow? to allow them to be successful, to turn into sustainable businesses. Mm -hmm. So definitely uh, uh, in our experience, what we identified is there are two areas um, Mm -hmm. where we can have an impact and and deliver value to startups. One is access to technology, which is beyond just giving credits or licenses for products, technology that Microsoft has, which of course is part of it, but it's, it's also that level of proactive services in terms of how are you building your tech? How can we enable you to build a great product, a product that uh, is scalable, but also secure, that can build on privacy uh, and ensure privacy for for their users, right? How can we enable you to optimize the costs of the technology or integrate with third-party apps, whether it's other Microsoft products, but also with a very open approach with other third-party apps that would be relevant for the product that, that the startup is building. So access to technology is key because it's foundational right so if you don't have a great product a a product that is secure reliable scalable a product that users are going to 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 use then of course uh uh, this is where we can uh, add a lot of value to startups the other area though where we really want to differentiate and where we believe we have a unique proposition is access to markets Mm -hmm. where for us access to markets is not just a, a mere introduction to corporates Uh, But first of all, it's a journey. It's a journey and it has to be a journey because it wouldn't make sense to introduce a startup that is not ready yet uh, to to get into a corporate, for example, if you're talking about B2B startup, that way, right? So we want to introduce startups at the right time because maybe we were able to help them during the journey to be more appealing to an enterprise or to teach them how to navigate an enterprise, how to sell to an enterprise, how to go to market, maybe reviewing their pricing strategy, maybe satisfying their product if they have not been satisfied yet and if it makes sense, right? So sure. that's why we say we see it as a journey, as a journey where the connections or introductions most likely won't happen day one. What happened day one is we sit down, we understand more what is the business model, how we can a help with the go-to market usually especially with b2b SaaS companies what we do is we take these companies onto the Microsoft marketplace the reason being is that by doing that it's a vetting process it's a vetting process for the startup because we can help a startup publish their solution offering trials building their, their own licenses or becoming transactable and all of these progressive levels of sophistication of course comes with technical and business vetting. So that a startup that goes through this journey actually gets sort of, it's not just a pure brand association with Microsoft, which of course it's it's very important for a startup, but it's also, I'm getting value out of this relationship because I am getting to understand how I can make my solution, uh, you know, available on something like a marketplace. How can I make my solution transactable? I can get in front of more buyers, Globally, how can I get or tap into a new market without having a business development there and so on and so forth. And if you go through this journey and you get traction, then we reward those startups that have been patient to go through the journey to get the learnings and to share the feedbacks and we turn them into partners. And with startups that become partners and we call these partners co-sell ready, it means that we have a co-sell motion. So we sell with startups that get at that level because at that level, we believe that the, the, that solution is really enterprise-ready. Hmm. So the job the job that we do is, is taking market-ready startups, making them enterprise-ready, turning them into partners, and then we have a process built in to sell with cost-ready startups. That means right. our field sellers or our Microsoft partners hmm. will take solutions that are cost-ready and present and help them close the deals with their corporate clients. So this is the ideal journey, right? So this is the, the 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 vision that we have around where we can add value to startups is whether access to technology, access to markets. Right. Around these pillars, we built different programs. One is Microsoft for startups, the the the, the wider program is more a breath motion mm-hmm. because a breath motion because of course we can onboard more startups that will receive these two pillars are uh, through credits, licenses and support for access to technology and support and go to market for access to markets. Uh, but it's more a breath motion because, of course, we want to scale this to as many startups that meet the criteria as possible. So B2B startups that at least have an MVP and uh, starts getting some traction and then at least one uh, funding uh, from angel investing on. Mm. Then we developed a new program, which is more depth. Uh, and the, the the vision and the and the objective with the that program, which is called Growth X Accelerator, is to bridge the gap between b two b startups and corporates. So what we did is we built a program where we we have some corporate partners. Mm. Um, and these corporate partners will put forward some specific challenges that they they wish to solve for. Um, and we will help select uh, recruit and select startups that are a good fit to work with the corporate and us for three months to work around those challenges. At this stage, we are not committing on a paid POC, even if, of course, we do know that uh, the one thing that startups do not have is is time, right? So uh, we we don't want to waste, but that's why the qualification of the challenges with the corporates and the selection and qualification of the startups, we spend a lot of time and we are very disciplined around the quality of the startups and corporates we bring on board. So this is Growth So the first cohort is launching end of August. Uh, we, we closed applications the 7th of July, so we are now reviewing the applications we received and matching the startups with uh, with the corporates. In theory, this is the easiest part. Uh, it's n- nothing is easy, but it's the easiest part in terms of the matching. Then the, the hard work will be then working for three months, 12 weeks with the startups that will be selected and the corporates around those challenges. If a startup is not selected into GrowthX to us, it doesn't mean that they're not a good startup. It just means that We need to find the right fit between the corporates and the startups. So everyone gets a a chance to be selected also for the BREATH program, Microsoft for startups. Um, But then we need to be very specific on the corporate challenges that we have available for that cohort. In, In fact, a startup that might not be selected for cohort one might be selected for cohort two, because maybe in cohort two we will have corporates. That we'll put forward challenges that are more a fit for them right so this is these are some of the programs that we launched around this we built a highway to 100 unicorns as sort of a umbrella kind of engagement with the ecosystem mm. um we we just finished it last week so basically it was a three weeks of full engagement with all the different stakeholders we have in the ecosystem from government to academia to startups to corporates to ecosystem players and and so on and so forth so we, we had three weeks of engagement with these players, uh, uh, and, and we had the different themes every day around uh, open innovation, around the founders, around the corporates, around the go-to-market, accessibility, uh, government, and so on and so forth. So uh, this was an effort to uh, surface call to actions and insights from the ecosystem increase of course awareness around what we are doing and also of course uh, around these applications right so drive more interest around also the applications for growth or microsoft startups um and highway uh, actually uh, is a program that we we first launched in india Mm. where the objective there was to be very more inclusive of the tier two and tier three states where there are there is a lot of talent with less access so with that program we aimed to drive more vc funds to those states surface more uh, founders that probably have had historically less access. If you think about it, all of the unicorns in India today are coming from three cities only, right? So from New Delhi, from Bangalore and Mumbai. But there is a lot of talent uh, spread across across the whole country. So we took we took that programme and we wanted to make it available as well across the broader Middle East uh, and, and Africa region to give access to uh, founders that are maybe in the more remote cities in remote countries. Uh, you know that they maybe maybe struggling with access to venture capital and 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 surface those ideas and in insights as well. So there is also, I would say, a good principle of being very inclusive behind <clears throat> the launch of these programs. And finally, uh, uh, to complete the the, the, the vision, other um, uh, two pieces that we are working on uh, to to evolve uh, and to to make uh, you know uh, the, the vision we we shared before more complete. Uh, that probably we we will be able to launch in the next fiscal year. One is we want to tap into youth. Uh, We want to tap into youth because we believe that uh, if we want to change mindsets across this region, where we still have some uh, challenges when it comes to stigma about uh, reputation and and failure, for example, or really trying to think about real problems and try to find solutions for those Right? For example, we believe we need to start from youth. So we are finalizing a program to uh, skill use around entrepreneurship, and and also uh, purpose driven or human centred leadership, which we believe is transformational to to have the next generation of entrepreneurs from this region. And the second the second area where we are we are also working on is around the social impact. Um, so uh, uh, there, are, there are many things Microsoft is already uh, doing uh, in the realms of accessibility, for example, or sustainability. So um, we, want, we want, of course, to represent uh, the, the startup voice founders in the region that are building solutions that can also impact across the society, as well as supporting investors that are into impact investing, right? So it's also about defining those metrics and measure. What what does impact means, right? So this is also another area that uh, we sure. think it's worth investing. So this is the the picture we have, the programs we have. Um, uh, let me know if, sure. if 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 there is anything we should do, we should go deeper into.
0: Yeah, sure. So what sectors you mentioned? Health, you mentioned uh, fintech. What areas do you see the maximum from what you have seen in terms of applications and whatever you are looking at, and, and the other uh, uh, programs that you are running? What are the areas that are really in in the growth mode in in this region? Absolutely. Look, uh,
1: uh, we we are agnostic in the sense that um, uh, whatever tech startup that needs to build on technology, of course, uh, we are happy to support. That said, of course, every region, as we said before, uh, might have a more natural abundance or more interest towards given industries, certain industries because of uh, the specific uh, uh, assets available in that region, right? So definitely, we see uh, a, a wave of financial services, fintech solutions, financial services. I would mention not just uh, for banking but also insurance and and uh, crypto, for example. So there is, we see a, 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 a big number of entrepreneurs, uh, founders, startups uh, into into the financial services space. So. This is one area where definitely uh, we have have a lot of activity happening. Uh, Definitely we mentioned before healthcare, Uh, Healthcare, there is a real uh, commitment as well, for example in the UAE from the government to to, um, uh, push the agenda when it comes to healthcare, biotech and and life sciences in general. So this is another area where we we see a lot of movement activity with startups that might be um, new ideas coming in the region. Uh, education as well is is quite big in the region given the fact that probably historically and as well uh, in the, in the present days the access to uh, to education in the region uh, has been lagging behind compared to other uh, places in the world right but still uh, the, the, as we said before, there are young populations here. There are dynamics and drivers in the economy that uh, are 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 making uh, you know uh, flourishing a, 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 a range of ideas and solutions around education. And probably the pandemic here accelerated as well, um, and a, a number of considerations. But education is also something uh, uh, we see a lot of uh, potential. Then we see other two sectors uh, here that are very interesting, uh, or two or three. Uh, definitely, energy. Energy, uh, taking it broadly, energy, including also solutions uh, in agri-tech, desert tech, in clean tech, um, climate change, of course, um, and water, for example. Um, so all of this uh, is definitely an area that is at the core, probably, of where governments are trying to diversify economy from oil, right? So, uh, and, and 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 there are some unique. Uh, specific uh, considerations as well that apply to this region, from uh, the confirmation of the region, from uh, the environment perspective, and so on and so forth. So energy at large, I would say, is another area that we are definitely invested in. In fact, uh, Microsoft also invested into a global center of excellence in AI for energy, Energy Core, which is, which is, which is exciting as well. And then I, I would mention retail and travel. Uh, because uh, retail, uh, you know, here we are working, uh, if you take the UAE, for example, first of all, you have these conglomerates, right? So historically, you didn't have foreign ownership on own businesses. So you have sometimes these conglomerates that have 100 brands under their umbrella. So the scale or the impact of uh, testing or deploying new solutions across this uh, number of brands could be very interesting. At the same time, uh, it. It's, it's it's not a news that in this region, retailers, there are retailers that are doing uh, even 80% of the revenues from mobile. Where, whereas in, in still some of the more mature markets in countries, in regions like Europe, that's not the case yet. right? So there is some unique uh, as well situations that is pushing innovation when it comes to mobile, mobile commerce and experiences, user experience in, in retail uh, with this online offline malls and, and, and uh, uh, e-commerce, which is pretty unique which is also, we see a lot of uh, solutions there. And travel. Travel, uh, uh, Given uh, probably given the pandemic, we have uh, players like Emirates, uh, Tihad, um, uh, and a lot of initiatives here uh, around the travel, tourism, hospitality, and airlines, right? So mm-hmm. from Aviation X uh, with Emirates that are trying to redefine the moonshots, the, the redesigned experience or the airports of the future or the travel experience of the future, to to Hub, which is uh, Emirates and Dubai Tourism is coming together with Accenture, Microsoft, around incubating or accelerating travel tech startups. Mm. Um, there are, we see, we see, we see the intention of positioning uh, UAE, for example, as the hub, the global hub for innovation in airlines, in travel, traveling, hospitality, uh, with even more emphasis, of course, uh, post pandemic on what's the new travel experience, right, mm. what's, what's new in the experience that users or, or people will have when traveling, um, safety. Um, accessibility as well when when traveling um, and and payments and and so on and so forth. So these are these are the industries and in verticals we see more traction, more uh, dynamics, more things happening. Um, that said, I f- of course, as I said, Microsoft is a technology that is more an underlying layer to, to yeah. empower. Right. So if we have startups that are not in this industry, we are more than welcome. We are more than happy to work with them. But but uh, in terms of traction, I would say. These industries, financial services, uh, healthcare, education, energy, retail and, and travel are the ones where we see uh, uh, great ideas and founders investing and investors as well uh, um, paying attention to what's going on across the region.
0: Right. So, finally, uh, my question is that how how is the VC uh, industry evolving and is uh, Microsoft uh, startups actually investing some money in this startup so if you can give me a composite answer to both Absolutely. Look, uh, it's, it's a
1: very interesting question because, of course, uh, um, as we said before, we are a nascent ecosystem, uh, right? So uh, when we say that, it means that the different components are still nascent when it comes to founders and startups, when it comes to ecosystem players, when it comes also to the VC industry, right? So definitely, uh, we see uh, that in the recent years, we definitely have seen the maturity of uh, uh, VCs uh, in the region growing, right? So uh, there, there have been more capital deployed, and actually, uh, right now, if you look at the market, there is there is probably even too much liquidity. So uh, raising money probably for a, for a startup here in the region is not going to be a big deal. Hmm. The, the challenge or the opportunity, I would say, is how that should evolve to turn that into real smart money. So because yeah. money comes with, as a, with a cost, right? Nothing is yeah. free. So uh, as a founder or for the entrepreneurs, it's important to understand that Capital is available, but that capital should be smart money, right? It's money, money that comes with value, the value of this venture capital having the right connections, the right network, offering access to right opportunities, maybe planning ahead of time in terms of exit, right? So the whole the whole thing. So one thing that is probably still needs to 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 evolve or to get better is definitely not just local capital, but also how these VCs on one hand can connect with more global uh, uh, pools of capital and global opportunities. So build that bridge or those corridors in a more sustainable and efficient way. And on the other side as well, I would say how how that money can enable uh, you know uh, access to to real opportunities locally. So. Uh, um, uh so the conversation should be more on value, not just, um, okay, as a VC, I'm looking for a return in, in three, five years. And you see most of the investments in the region are polarized towards a late seed, pre-series A, series A, right? right. So what happens before, what happens after, right? So we, we still have some gaps probably to address, but probably the opportunity there will be for more consolidations as well of mm. different venture capital into something bigger that makes sense to, to scale uh, startups even further. We start seeing an increasing number of exits in the region, still v- relatively low, I mean, of mm. course, compared to more mature ecosystems, but trends, trends are, are healthy. It's uh, There are still probably some, um, Key uh, um, uh, relationships and key initiatives that need to happen and to make it stronger, uh, but the trends looks in terms of sophistication, maturity are, are are bigger. As Microsoft, we we as Microsoft for Startups, we don't take equity in startups. We don't charge any fees for our services. We just work uh, with as an investment with startups that are willing to build on Microsoft technology to help. With access to technology, access to markets, investor readiness, as we said before, uh, we do have a venture arm though uh, called M12, and they look uh, potentially they look uh, into investments at the right stage, uh, potentially for acquisitions as well. So uh, uh, we on the ground we, we we do a sort of due diligence to to filter and and share the opportunities the, the opportunities that are at the right stage, not to waste anyone else's time. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we also help startups in the region with access to investors, we organize investor demo days and corporate access days as well for startups in our programs. Um, so definitely, we, we are embedded into that ecosystem. So we are, uh, we are definitely eager and happy to help uh, startups with either advice on uh, their next round of funding with uh, training or empowerment when it comes to investor readiness and connections when when it makes sense.
0: Robert, thank you so much. This was very, very comprehensive and uh, it's a great overview of what Microsoft is doing. Uh, Before I let you go, final question. How many startups do you see coming up over the next, say, two to three years in this region?
1: Look, uh, it's, it's a very interesting question because nobody has a crystal ball, but for example, uh, now that we run these first uh, 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 applications, right, round of uh, collecting, uh, say, uh, receiving applications for X, for example, I can tell you we received a number in the order of thousands. So uh, of course, in these thousands, there is some noise. Um, uh, there is some startups that are very very early stage, and mm. you have the the whole spectrum, right? So, mm. but but uh, uh, there is data there that is uh, uh, reassuring of uh, the, 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 there is a lot of uh, appetite, and there are definitely more ideas there than what we would uh, uh, think of, right? right? So, uh, given given the increased investments into entrepreneurship from governments, given the increased attention from schools and university around entrepreneurship from a younger age, mm-hmm. given the uh, uh, more uh, participation from um, corporates as well uh, when it comes to innovation, because of course, uh, either it's a fear of being disrupted or it's pure investment or acquisition can of a strategy right. but also given the more availability of capital and more connectedness with global ecosystems so these indicators are, are good because you see again if you look at the broader region we have countries with very large populations and young population with the right demographics and the right appetite and hmm. uh, for something right the necessity as well think about countries like egypt like pakistan like even turkey and saudi and, and then the whole africa continent right so mm. so i believe the numbers might be significant and important in the next two to three years three to four years um with these trends and this uh, uh, evolution going on definitely we will have uh, uh, idea stage startups in the order of thousands and then, of course, uh, the, the thing is, we, we really need to each one of the ecosystem players need to give their contribution to make it a funnel, a real funnel, right? Because of course, of course, we know it's 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 a hard work. and 95% or more of startups will fail, and so on and so forth. But there are real problems. There are the right trends happening. There is a young population. So, prospectively, in, lo- in long term, um, we see we see an opportunity for thousands of of startups to be created. To create new jobs across the region uh, and to have this more agile and way uh, way of looking at innovation as well across the region. Uh, so our our mandate here is to make sure to build a, a, a sort of awareness and 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 skills around okay we have these talents, we have these opportunities, we have these problems. So let's make sure we have founders that are trying to solve real problems in the region that are not just trying to copycat things that work elsewhere, right. nothing wrong with that, because if you have the, yeah. stri- the right strategy behind it, it can work. But also there are problems that still uh, society is facing. So definitely as long as that there is people that have the right skills and knowledge to to tap into those, and they have the opportunity to fail and to, to start again and fail and start again. But definitely, the region is as the right numbers, as right. the right numbers for scale, as the right numbers for for um, for for building in the order of thousands of startups. Uh, of course, not all of those will become unicorns. But again, I would I would uh, uh, you know. Uh, put the attention not on the, uh, becoming a unicorn, but you know, even if you exit and you don't become a unicorn, or if, even if you are a sustainable business that you're having impact across the region, this is huge success for, for the region at large, right? So um, yeah, I mean, the opportunity is definitely there. There are of course some barriers and gaps. Uh, like uh, when we think sure. about this as one region, it's not one region, right? So okay, for a million people in MENA, but if you are a fintech and you need to cope with three financial services regulations in the UAE only, and then yeah. you need to scale it's hard work. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm confident that by a few of these countries leading the way on what it could look like, hmm. they will drive as well the other countries to follow, and then with a the young population, um, and and with also. People from this region that got their experience abroad and they're willing to come back and give back to their countries, to their region. Right. There will be there will be plenty of of ideas and entrepreneurs and startups that will be able to build from from this region.
0: SaaS stories is brought to you by Pitchlink, the buyer seller engagement platform. Pitchlink enables high quality interactions between buyers and sellers through presentation and discussion modules. Sellers create personalized sales presentations and reach out to prospects through a non-intrusive buyer-qualified engagement. Pitchlink requires no installation or download and holds the entire repository of sales collaterals and buyer-seller conversation. Talk to us to know more about how you can engage with customers without intrusion. Call us on 990-216-3132 that is 990-216-3132. Fantastic, Roberto, that's a great note to end on and I look forward to uh, talking to you and following this story as it, as it emerges. Looking forward and thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation and uh, uh,
1: really uh, I'm, a, I'm a supporter of what you're doing because the more we have, uh, you know, knowledge sharing and listening to people with, with, uh, with their experiences, the better it is for the ecosystem. So
0: definitely uh, I'm a supporter of what you're doing. Thank you. We have a fantastic lineup over the next couple of episodes with great conversations, including Raj Seth, co-founder of Fly Data, Rajiv Nathan, founder of Startup Hypeman, Lazare Rosilin, co-founder and CEO of Spoke, and many more. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you do not miss a single episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being with us today and listening to this episode of SaaS Stories. This is where I speak with the dreamers and visionaries who dared to think ahead and built world-class SaaS products. We hope this conversation helped you with the insights that you can go and apply right now to your own SaaS journey. We hope to have you here with us again in the next episode of SaaS Stories. SaaS Stories is brought to you by Pitchlink, the buyer seller engagement platform, and is a BizCast original production.